Thank you for downloading this podcast of Andy's Movie Mashup from GFM 107.1. For rights reasons, the music has been removed, so it's just me talking. Enjoy. Now, that was um, a band, or maybe an artist called Secret Service. That track was, if you didn't know it, called Flash in the Night. That is from Let the Right One In, which is one of my TV movie picks of the week. Welcome to another movie mashup on GFM 107.1. If my daughter is listening, I know she can't say anything to me because she's young, but um, I hope she's feeling better, is what I would say to my wife, who might be listening. Um, okay, so on this week's show, we've got two movies to talk about. They are uh, one that I watched uh, before my house move, which was a couple of weeks ago. Um, the house with a clock in its walls. Luckily, our house doesn't have a clock in its walls. And also a movie called A Ghost Story that I watched this week that came out, I think, earlier this year or maybe last year uh, that I've been wanting to catch up on and finally did. Also be looking at uh, movies that are on TV this weekend. What's on at local venues, some DVD picks and some news about The Good Robot and his podcast. There's a new one. But you probably know that if you're a subscriber. If you're not, why aren't you a subscriber? Come on. Um... That's, the, that's basically what's coming up, unless I can think of anything else to say, which I probably can. Anyway, here's some homework for you. Uh, there's a running joke in the movie Deadpool 2, in which Deadpool points out that uh, the song Do You Want to Build a Snowman from the movie Frozen has a very similar tune to a song called Papa Can You Hear Me from the Barbara Streisand movie Yentl. So here we go, I'm going to play them back to back in their entirety. You can now decide if that is correct or not. Okay, so she could sing a bit. That was uh, Barbara Streisand with a track called Papa Can You Hear Me. Before that was uh, the cast of Frozen with Do You Want to Build a Snowman. I'm playing those because there's a running joke in the movie Deadpool 2 in which Deadpool sees a clip, uh, I think a couple of times in the movie, of Barbara Streisand singing Papa Can You Hear Me. He says, surely that's the same tune as um, You Want to Build a Snowman, right? Right? Um, so I thought I'd play them together. I'm not convinced that it is entirely the same, but it is very similar. Anyway, that's a bit of fun. Um, on to the first film. This is uh, The House with a Clock on Its Walls. It's a 2018 American family fantasy film directed by Eli Roth, based on the 1973 juvenile fiction novel of the same name by John Belairs. The film stars Jack Black, Kate Blanchett and Owen Vaccaro and follows a young boy who is sent to live with his uncle in a creaky old house He soon learns it was previously also inhabited by a warlock who planned to end the world with a clock he had made and hid within the house before his death. That warlock is played by Carl McLaughlin, who played Agent Cooper in Twin Peaks. Um, So this is um, essentially, well not not essentially, actually the relaunch of the Amblin studio. So that's uh, Steven Spielberg's uh, studio that hasn't hasn't, been you know, the, the, the logo has, of that hasn't been in front of a film for quite a long time. This is essentially the relaunch of that. Uh, Eli Roth, who most people will probably know for directing um, horror movies of different genres. So things like, um, oh, crikey. So it's gone now. But anyway, there was one called, a very famous one. Um, no, it's gone. But it's about the folks in a cabin who catch stuff. I can't remember what it's called now. Um, I thought it was okay. Um, more recently, he's made a remake of uh, Death Wish with Bruce, Bruce Willis, which is supposed to be dreadful. 
And um, I'm trying to think of the film that is... Oh, The Green Inferno, which I haven't seen, um, but, I, but I hear is not great. So I think Eli, Eli Roth is a director that I always think... Oh, yeah, the other things he's made are those hostile movies, sort of torture movies. Um, I, I've always thought he's a director who showed great promise, but I just didn't think he was really, you know, maybe working to his potential... Um, but is this, you know, which is a bench, basically a 12-rated family movie and a long way away from stuff he's made before, is this any good? So um, the synopsis says that in 1955, 10-year-old Louis Bernevelt goes to New Zebedee, Michigan to live with his uncle Jonathan, who's played by uh, Jack Black, in a creaky old house which has mysterious ticking heart. Recently orphaned, Louis only wants to be a normal child but soon discovers he is in line for anything but... Uncle Jonathan is a well-intentioned warlock, but in his own description, only a parlour magician of modest ability. While his next-door neighbour and good friend Florence Zimmerman was once a far more powerful good witch. She is played by Kate Blanchett. So years ago, something broke inside her, causing all her spells to go wrong. Um, so, this is, uh, I think... An interesting movie. I think that uh, Eli Roth is well-intentioned here. I think that Amblin have done a good job of putting something together for him to direct. I'm not entirely sure that all of it works very well. Some of it does work well, though. There's a scene with um, mannequins that become animated that is very effective. But I have to say that some of the CGI in this film has been compared to uh, CGI from David Tennant-era Doctor Who. And, you know, that's... That's not a, you know, it's not saying that, that um, David Tennant era CGI is bad. It's just saying that the CGI in this movie should be better than that, really. Uh, particularly with um, Amblin uh, in charge of it. Uh, so I think it's okay. I think that there is some effective stuff. I think that Jack Black, Jack Black kind of is just being Jack Black. He's very, very engaging screen presence. Um I think what frustrated me about it, and this is something that's been talked about on other film podcasts and reviews and the like, um, is that Kate Blanchett's character appears to be a Holocaust survivor. You know, this is set in the 1950s. Uh, but that is never really explored in any way uh, when I think it kind of should have been. So it kind of, I think I think the problem I have with it is that it scratches the surface of characters. It never really gets under their skin. And that, for me, is a problem. I think that it should do, really. Um, that's not to say that it's a terrible film. It's not a terrible film. It's just not great. It's certainly not what I... I, I, wasn't, I, I was expecting it to be better than it was. Um, Carl McLaughlin has a very small role as the evil warlock. Um, he chews the scenery up, although I have to say, probably not enough. I'd like to see more scenery chewing from him in future, please. Um... Uh, so on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 67% rating, which says an entertaining PG detour or 12 rated PG, 12 rated detour for gore maestro Eli Roth. The house with a clock on its walls is a family friendly blend of humor and horror with an infectious sense of fun. Yeah, it is fun. Um, it's just not quite as good as I was expecting it to be. But uh, as far as I know, Eli Roth is lined up for more at Amblin, so, oh, 
I guess there's more on the way. I had a budget of 42 million, has taken 92 million so far, which isn't fantastic, but you know, it's still in cinemas. Um, I'm still struggling to think about the name of that movie you made about the folks in the cabin that catch things, uh, catch a disease, and I cannot. All right, that was uh, Johnny and Joni with a track called Dog on That Moon. Before that, we had Little Anthony and the Imperials, Must Be Falling in Love. A couple of blasts from the 1950s there. That was, uh, they are from the movie. The House with a Clock in Its Walls, which I talked about just before. And I looked up Eli Roth's back catalogue and the movie that I was talking about was Cabin Fever, which you may have seen. I thought it was pretty good. Um, It's certainly gruey uh, if you like that sort of thing, which I do sometimes. Okay, second movie this week is um, about a million miles away from the populist entertainment that is The House with a Clock in Its Walls. And it's called A Ghost Story. It's a 2017 American supernatural drama film written and directed by David Lowry. It stars Casey Affleck, Rooney Mara, Will Oldham, Sonia uh, Asavido, Rob Zabriki and Liz Frank. And Casey Affleck plays a man who becomes a ghost and remains in the house he shares with his wife, played by Rooney Mara. Uh, So this was released... um, I think uh, all the way back last summer. That's one I've uh, taken quite a long time to catch up with. Uh, directed by David Lowry, who um, is probably best known for, make it, for making the remake or directing the remake of Disney's P- Pete's Dragon that came out a few years ago that I really enjoyed. I went to see that with my son. But I'd happily watch that again. I thought it was a terrific remake of a pretty rum original Disney property. I thought Lowry brought something really interesting to it. Um, so this film was made, uh, well, at least production started on this or pre-production started on this whilst Lowry was in post-production for Pete's Dragon. So, you know, he didn't hang about, he's got a new idea and he want to move on to the next thing. So, um, the, the synopsis of this is, is that a musician played by Affleck lives his, with his wife in a small house in Dallas, Texas. She wants to move, but he does not. And one night... They hear a bang on their piano, but cannot find the cause. Then something happens to him, and uh, he cannot move on. Um, uh, well, okay, so what do you know? He dies. Something, something happens to him. He cannot move on, so he proceeds to observe um, whilst dressed in a sheet with eyes cut in it, just like, you know, a, a pantomime ghost, or, you know, like the classical the classic interpretation of what a ghost looks like. Um, now that seems like, um, might seem like quite a hokey idea, but the way that it's delivered for me personally is um, is actually quite profound, quite moving. So this, you know, he watches, he cannot, although he can interact with objects, he can't interact with people, um, he can't influence people, he can't talk to people, um, uh, so he he watches her go about her business, and he also moves around in time. Um, so although he stays in the same location, he's always in the house, or at least the location where the house is, um, uh, the film jumps around in time to uh, when they were getting together, when they moved in, um, to time after the event that killed him, um, much further into the future as well that I won't really talk about. I'll just say that that's what happens. Um and then uh, it sort of, you know, jumps around like that. Um, now, when this came out, 
it was pretty divisive in terms of how people reacted to it. So some people said, I just can't see the point of sitting there watching a man in a sheet, watching another person just go about their business. I just, I just don't see the point in it. Um, and I can understand that if you have, you know, maybe a short attention span or you have an aversion to art cinema. And that, that is what this is. This is not, I would say, populist entertainment. This is very much an art movie. It will either chime with you or it won't. I don't think you'll sit in the middle and say, oh, yeah, it was okay. You know, um, I think that uh, you'll have a strong opinion about it if you watch it, when you watch it. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I thought that it was absorbing and very moving. I think that if, if you've ever, you know, been through a bereavement of a close relative, uh, then you can understand some of the things that he is observing. You can understand why people do them. Uh, there are other, other things that happen as well that are not related to that bereavement. Um, I really liked it. I think that David Lowry uh, is now two for two for me. Uh, I think he has done other stuff, but of the things that I've seen, I think Pete's Dragon and A Ghost Story, two films that couldn't be more different from each other, are both fantastic. So if you didn't see this, and you may not have done, I doubt that it had a very wide release when it came out. Had a budget of $100,000 and took a box office of $1.9 which is actually... Not bad. I mean, it's um, it's not stellar, but look at look at how much it cost. It's it's done okay. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has an approval rating of ninety one percent, and it says Ghost Story deftly manages its ambitious themes through an inventive, artful, and ultimately poignant exploration of love and loss. That's a good point. Is that all? All the really great ghost stories, like The Sixth Sense. Like things like um, um, uh, Ghost, shall we say, although that's quite a cheesy uh, interpretation of it. But all the really great ghost stories are about love and loss and people being unable to move on. The Awakening, I think, is another one um, with. Um, uh, oh, blimey, my memory's really going this evening. Uh, Rebecca Hall, yeah. So there's another one. And also The Others with Nicole Kidman are all examples of people who have failed to move on after a catastrophic event that's changed their lives. Uh, and this film is no exception to that. And I really, really liked it. And it's rated 12. Hmm. That was disturbing. That was um, a track called Our Souls Were Clean. That is uh, by uh, an outfit called The Body. That is from The Purge, colon, Anarchy. Um, if that didn't wake you up or maybe scare you out of the room, I'm not sure what will. Um, okay, so let's take a look at some DVD picks. I think there's only one thing that's of interest this week, and that is um, Rupert Everett's uh, movie all about the um, last few days of Oscar Wilde's life, The Happy Prince, a movie that he's been trying to get made, or Rupert Everett has been trying to get made for a very long time indeed, and has finally managed to do it after some wrangling. Um, that looks really intriguing, actually. Very interesting. I think, um, you know, there, there is already um, a movie that I know of about Oscar Wilde with Stephen Fry, which is more of a probably a biopic than uh, The Happy Prince is, which is about a very particular part of Wilde's life. But, um, yeah, that looks looks intriguing and interesting and certainly is a, a passion project for Rupert Everett. Um, the Good Robot Annie's. Yes, there's a new podcast uh, that came out, that uh, we recorded yesterday, um, 
and uh, we talked about um, the movie Ringu or Ring, which is the original Japanese version of the uh, Ring story. Uh, we talked about Psycho, the granddaddy of slasher movies, and we talked about The Fly, the David Cronenberg remake from the ni- from the eighties. Um, so we are down to number sixteen. So that means there's fifteen films to go. What will they be? Will they be better than the ones that I've already talked about? Well, yeah, probably, because that's how a list works, right? Um, So there we go. That's where we are now. So if you're already a subscriber, then you maybe already heard that. If you're not a subscriber, um, we are called The Good Robot Andes. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on the internets as well. Uh, We love your feedback, so please give us some. Also, we'd love you to um, rate and review us on iTunes. If you so wish. No, not if you so wish. Please do so. Uh, Not because it gives us any financial reward or anything like that. It just means that we might turn up in other people's searches as related things. That means more people get to hear it. And I plug this show, I plug this radio station on that podcast. So the more people hear about it, the more people listen to this radio station. Which is a good thing for everybody. Thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast from GFM 107.1. Don't forget that you can follow me on Twitter at Cockers underscore 97 and on my Facebook page, which is Andy's Movie Mashup.